0: I mean, Uh, just overall, like, there just needs to be a a higher level of respect. You know what I'm saying? A higher level of respect. She's going to extend the same gratitude to you. Katie's not going to be involved. There's a boundary. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's best for right now, as business partners that we are, that you take care of your family, your home. Yeah. You know, your wife and that we try to keep the hangouts that aren't work-related to, like, an... Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Cara Berry, Vanderpump Rules and Real Housewives of Orange County Edition. We're going to start off with Vanderpump. This was a better episode. Finally, we got some conclusion to uh, Sandoval versus Katie and I'm happy about that because you know I've been ranting and raving about this whole situation. And so now I only have to do it one more time. Um, We start off the... Episode with an opening scene with James and Raquel at home. Raquel's making cupcakes, and James is talking about how he's kind of like tired of that party boy lifestyle that he used to have when he was drinking, and how he's grateful to be at home and spend quiet nights with her. And how you know he used to party basically every day. His his party weekend would start on a Tuesday, basically, <laughs> and and end on a Sunday. And now he just doesn't like going out like that. And it's not really because he struggles with drinking. It's because he doesn't really like being around the drama anymore. And he's been to three events already this week and he's exhausted (laughs) by the show. Basically. Um, I heard rumors that I guess Lala and James were dropping hints that they might be leaving the show. Okay anyway um so the rest of the cast are at tom tom partying and sandoval tells lala he's going to be planning a surprise party for ariana's birthday then he takes katie aside to talk about all the issues that they've been having and he says that he wants to be in a situation where they're in a good place with each other but they're also leveling up and he starts talking about how when the restaurants shut down with the pandemic, that he really made a concerted effort to create new, <clears throat> excuse me, revenue streams for himself and to basically turn the two Toms into a brand. And then he says, sometimes he has a tendency to come off a little bit extra because he's trying to advocate for Tom Schwartz and his insecurities, but he's only good intentions. He's only ever trying to push things so that they can get to that next level but Katie says that she sees it from a different perspective and she feels like Tom Sandoval thinks his ideas are better than anyone else's and that she is protecting Tom Schwartz by protecting his uh by like having his back and maybe giving him the voice that he doesn't have so at this point they're both fighting over the fact that they're trying to advocate for Tom Schwartz and Sandoval at one point is like well how much money have I put into your home and when she asks he very snarkily mentions that he's like gotten them Amazon deals and done club appearances and that was at least 20 grand and you know there's 15 grand more coming in in the next week for them and Katie tells Sandoval that she thinks he's right about everything and that he shouldn't take credit for the both, both Tom's Sandoval says that he doesn't want to be the center of attention and that's why they wear matching outfits and Katie's like yeah that's creepy you dress shorts up like a Barbie doll and you put him in your little sidecar <laughs> and so Katie tells Sandoval that it's a, like it's not a matter of him not being a supportive friend it's that he has an ego problem and Tom says well so do you <laughs> and so she walks away and she goes over to shorts and Ariana and tells them that she thinks Sandoval is an asshole And I guess we should pause. Like, did Tom need to mention, quote, how much money he's brought into their house? No, that's like some real, uh, there are just things that we don't say, even if they're true, because it doesn't sound good. And it only makes you sound like an asshole. And that that's one of them. Is he wrong? Probably not. He's probably right that like behind the scenes he's been doing a lot of things and he's been branding them as the two. Because I remember like in the beginning of the the pandemic, they were doing a lot of cameos for charity and a lot of like live streams and stuff. And I mean, he's not wrong about that. <laughs> the, this argument is stupid though. Like you guys are both arguing about somebody when he's the problem Tom's Schwartz does not advocate for his wife and he's constantly throwing her under the bus now does she deserve it in my mind kind of (laughs) because she's trying to insert herself in things that she doesn't need to insert herself in but also I'm not a married person and I know that there are very different rules for how you are supposed to be treating your married partner and is Schwartz doing that no he's letting them fight and staying out of it when really all roads lead back to him like if Tom Schwartz had just told Katie the minute she mentioned wanting to be in on this uh business like hey I don't think that's really a good idea and also you guys don't like each other so why are we doing this (laughs) I will scream this for the rest of my life like I swear on my deathbed My last words are going to be, don't go into business with somebody that you don't like. Like, okay, let me like really rant about this and let it out. Let's go down the list. Katie doesn't like Sandoval. She thinks that he has bad ideas. She thinks that he's not a good business person. She (laughs) doesn't like him as a person. So why does she want to enter into a business contract with him? Make that make sense to me because it does not. It does not... Nobody would do that. Not anybody on this planet. You don't even respect his business acumen. So, (laughs) you know? Like, what are seven question marks above my my head right now? I don't get it. Oh, that felt good. That felt good. I mean, if they're going to be repeating storylines, like, I can repeat my same rants. That's just how it's gonna go. Anyway. They you know, Katie's all Hufflepuff and Tom Schwartz escorts Katie out and is like, yeah, let's not talk about this. Like, I don't want you getting hype in the bar. So like, let's go away. <clears throat> like outside to the, uh, you know, porch or whatever. <laughs> what do you call it? What do you call it? Like the, the outdoor front outdoor space. There's gotta be a word for that. And I, I'm not thinking about it anyway. Um, <clears throat> So Schwartz says in an interview that, trying to mediate between the two of them like Sandoval and Katie makes him want to throw his hands up and walk away and maybe he'll just move to Florida and open up a tiki bar so then he tells Katie that like gosh I thought you guys were getting along and Katie's like no he's an egotistical maniac and Schwartz is like no he's not you guys just clash so Katie says that Tom Sandoval was talking about how amazing he was and how much money he makes for them and Schwartz is like is that what he said or is that how you interpreted it and so then Katie <laughs> asks Tom, like, are you going to keep gaslighting me? And Tom's like, well, listen, I'm under a shit ton of pressure. And I can't have another day where things fall apart because you guys are butting heads. And in her interview, he says he doesn't like riding the fence between them, but they also both have points at times. So that's just what he's doing. So Katie then goes over to Ariana and Lala And Sandoval, she's about to leave. And Sandoval's like, you know, hey, I just, I'm like, I'm sorry that things went that way. And Katie's like, well, fuck off and just walks away. Then we have Sheena and Brock. They're planning his like homebody fitness, whatever the fuck party. And Brock is, they're going through the influencers that they're going to give their sweat merch to. And Brock asks Sheena if they should invite Charlie and her boyfriend because he knows that they, you know, had a little bit of a dust up. And so Sheena says that her last conversation with Charlie was just about all the things that she had done wrong. And so she just apologized, not really because she meant it, because but because she felt like she should. Because if Charlie feels hurt by her, then she wants to validate her feelings. And Brock says, well, what about yours? So Sheena says again, yeah, but like, if she feels like I hurt her, then I should acknowledge that. And, uh, excuse me, uh, Brock says, you know, you need to stop just laying down. You need to tell people how you feel because I don't really think you're in the wrong right now with this situation. So she just starts to cry and says that this is like the year anniversary of her miscarriage. And that basically since then, she's so worried about Summer when she was pregnant with her. She stayed away. She stayed alone from everybody. Um, and that once she had the baby that's all she cared about and Brock is like yeah i, I really think that you should uh tell her that i don't <laughs> i mean I, I don't think that she should not share that's something that you should share just friend to friend but it's not it doesn't excuse what Charlie's really upset about which is that she felt like somebody was touching on her body inappropriately and unwarranted and that Sheena's response was like nothing and that she didn't feel heard I think that's completely valid and like I mean it sounds harsh but I don't think her having a child should negate that because she was there and the baby wasn't you know (laughs) I also feel like I trust Charlie and I feel like she doesn't She might get into it with people, but I don't think, I think she feels Sheena is a genuine friend to her. So I don't think she would say something if she didn't feel like that was really true. I mean, I basically, I don't feel like Charlie's unreasonable in her feelings about Sheena. And so there's where we are. I mean, Sheena wants to say like, this has to do with my baby. This sounds so mean, (laughs) but like, I, uh, uh, it, it just, I just don't think that what Charlie's talking about, about like, I don't feel like you've been a friend to me recently has a whole lot to do with the baby. Maybe it does, but it's also just about being there in the moment. And in the moment, Charlie expected Sheena to show up for her and she didn't. Like if this were a situation where Charlie was just like, yeah, we don't hang out that much anymore. Then I would say like, yeah, girl, like get it together. She just had a fucking baby. But Charlie's talking about, like, real shit that happened in real time when they were hanging out. So, you know? You know what I mean? Anyway. um, So then Katie comes over to Lisa's house. And I just thought this was so stupid. (laughs) Every time they go to Lisa's house, I just roll my eyes. I'm, like, starting to resent those swans out in the front yard. Like, I just... Just shut it all down. Shut it all down. So she wants to get advice, a.k.a. talk shit about Sandoval. This is the only reason why she's there. She wants somebody in her corner. She wants soldiers to back her up. Whatever. So she tells Lisa about the conversation that she had with Sandoval, saying that it went terribly, and he was just talking about how great he was and how he built a brand around Tom. -Tom, and Lisa's like, "Uh, actually, I did that. (laughs) And I'm like, well, you're not wrong. (laughs) Lisa says... Listen, I really like Sandoval, but it took me kind of a while to get there. I do think he tends to be a little bit confrontational, but Schwartz is also the kind of guy who just goes along and he just wants to smooth everything over. So then Katie asks Lisa if she believes that they're ready to open up this new bar. And she's like, no, but they have that business partner. What's his name? Charlie, um, helping them. So I think that, you know, kind of changes the game. And Katie looked really pleased, and this is what messes me up about Katie. I mean, one of the things. If why would you be so pleased about that answer? Because if they are not ready, then that means your husband's not ready. To, you know, like your husband is included that so included in that. So I don't think you should be like, oh, yes, you said it, girl. Like you know, it It's not really a win for you, Katie. Anyway, Katie tells Lisa that she just wants to feel equal to Sandoval. And Lisa's like, you shouldn't want that. You should, he, you should automatically be above Sandoval. Like this is your husband, you are his wife. And if my husband did something like that, it would be a big problem. Like he would never put anybody ahead of me. I know I I took my time watching this episode and I saw a lot of people saying that they felt for Katie and I don't disagree. I I just wonder like, what is y'all's motivation to me? It just seems like Katie and Schwartz are resigned to each other. They're resigned to this, whatever that is. They don't really ever seem happy with one another. They don't really seem to have a lot of chemistry. They don't really seem to be having a lot of sex. They don't really seem to get along. If my husband, or if my boyfriend treated me the way that Schwartz treated Katie, it would be a major, major problem. It really would be. But the sad thing is, is that Katie doesn't give Schwartz the, like, stab in the chest that he needs about this and like and I think that's because she doesn't feel like she has enough self-worth almost it's it's strange it's almost as though like they're still in high school and Tom just wants to like get high with his soccer buddies behind you know the gym where Katie wants to you know Go shopping for matching prom outfits. You know, (laughs) it's just like he Tom Schwartz makes a choice every day. And oftentimes it is not you. And I just don't know how you can be in a relationship like that. But she's also been in the same relationship with Tom for like a decade now. So, I mean, it is sad. It's sad that she feels like this is the best she can do it almost feels as though Katie is using this business and joining into the business as some sort of um, establishment of her marriage or some sort of like marker for her marriage, if you know what I mean. And that's never going to work, girl. That's never going to work. So anyway, finally, we have something I actually want to watch, which is Ariana and Tom. They're getting ready for her birthday. And Ariana says that, With regard to the situation between Sandoval and Katie at this point, neither of them can accept all the blame, but Schwartz needs to step it up. And then she tells uh, Sandoval that Lala feels like maybe Tom and Katie need to take a break. And even Sandoval's visceral reaction to that was like immediately like, no, no, they definitely shouldn't. Like that's weird. And, Ariana says, I just think, you know, because Lala and Katie are such best friends, is there something that Lala knows that I don't know that makes her feel that way? Because that's like a pretty extreme measure to take. You know, I'm kind of like the opposite of that. I'm wondering what Sandoval and Ariana are seeing in Katie, Katie and Tom's relationship that they don't think that taking a break would be a good idea. Like what's going on what are we well, obviously we're not getting the whole truth it's a television show but like i'm kind of surprised that they were so surprised about that anyway um should i reveal a rumor i mean this is like years old years old i mean this is like post them getting married but this was told me to me quite a while ago which is that um you know i uh, you know i'm just gonna issue a disclaimer here I don't know if this statement still stands in their relationship, but what I do know was that at some point after they got married, it got to the point where Tom Schwartz allegedly was, um, entertaining other ladies so frequently that it got to the point where people were just like, well, it is what it is. And we're not even going to bother talking about it because they're clearly going to continue to stay in this relationship. So that's some tea. Anyway, because so Tom is uh, surprising Ariana, she thinks that they're going to go to a dinner and maybe do some stuff afterwards. But Tom surprises her with this like interactive place. It's kind of it's called the Madcap Motel, and it's sort of like one of those places that's like an Instagram trap for sure. But this actually seems pretty cool. It's it's like they have like a like a fun house slash. Cecil Hotel kind of vibe it's like creepy and trippy and what's that place in like I think it's Santa Fe it's called oh Meow Wolf it's kind of like that do you guys know about Meow Wolf it's like this whole I haven't been but I've known friends that have gone like my best friend went and it's like it looks like the craziest experience it's this whole house or warehouse or property where it's just like every room is different and I think it's created by different artists and it's just like a whole mind trip a real fun thing I really would like to go to that if I had any (laughs) reason to go to to like Santa Fe I don't know where it is but like you know I would go anyway this has nothing to do with anything I just thought that that was like a really cute idea that he seemingly like rented out this whole space and so they're going through it and then there's this really cool tunnel and then you can go through the back and then Ariana sees that <clears throat> there's a surprise party. I just have the question for like you guys in Los Angeles. Why do you love those like head things so much? You know, like you put somebody's like the big head and you put them on a stick and like they're for like the clubs or like the Vegas or something. Why do you guys love that so much? <laughs> like they're cute, but it's like, are we done with that now? I don't know. Anyone, anyway, they you know say happy birthday, and then everybody goes to explore the space. And Tom has a conversation with Schwartz, and he Schwartz starts off by saying that, you know, I didn't like what happened the night before, and he tells Tom that Katie told him that he's trying to take all the credit for bringing money into their house and treating Schwartz as though he's a charity case, and Schwartz gets really upset. I mean, Tom starts talking about like, yeah, like we're a brand and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, we're not a brand. Like we're friends. And we we're two people who met serendipitously and it happened to work out. And if we can make some money off of it, then great. And he's like, yeah, great. So then Schwartz tells Sandoval that he's between a rock and a hard place with him and Katie. And that he feels like he's about to unravel because Katie at the end of the day is his wife. And Sandoval says... It's not me. It's Katie that's causing that. And Schwartz is like, "Well, hey, like, be easy, man." Isn't it interesting that Schwartz got aggravated by Tom saying that he's trying to market their or like brand their friendship? But I don't think he would have that same. Like, he was kind of okay with Katie. Brand, I don't. I don't know how to describe this because at the end of the day, it is true. Like, you have a well, you have part of a bar called tom tom you're opening up a new bar you have this like tom's whiskey with your faces on it you do come as a duo and it's not a bad thing for you guys to be both friends and a branding opportunity like that's if you can do it that's like the coolest thing you can do right like let's call a thing a thing like i'm branding myself by being a podcast and i am making money off of it and to be honest to be honest it's fucking tight so i you know if you can do it it's great it it is so great to like be able to be your authentic self and for people to like it and to be able to commodify that like isn't that the american dream i think it is now so i don't i'm curious as to why that rubbed shorts the wrong way interesting um it's almost as though he cares about their personal relationship more than he does his marriage anyway so Raquel and Charlie and Ariana are talking about Sheena and Raquel tells Ariana that there have been times where Sheena has asked her not to be friends with people because she didn't like them and Ariana's like oh that's interesting that's not my experience that I have with Sheena She know she's never asked me to do that and she says that over the years they've gone through some real shit and she Ariana talks in an interview how when she first started to date Tom that Sheena had a lot of opinions and she didn't say nice things about him and that it almost ended their friendship but um now they're basically like family so then has <laughs> also been saying throughout this birthday party that she didn't eat. She hadn't been eating all day. She, you know, Tom told her that they were going to go out to eat. So she made a point to, you know, plan her stomach for this birthday meal. Right. And now she's just living high off of these like sweetie dumplings or whatever they call (laughs) spicy dumplings. And, (laughs) and she's, she's having a great time. I knew that Ariana was drunk and I knew that she was in that sweet spot of drunkenness when she fell. Because if you see her face, she's just smiling like, oh, I don't feel any shame about that. And she shouldn't because it was really funny and not like in an embarrassing way. It was genuinely funny. But it was just you could tell in her face that she was gone and like yellow robesmith had appeared. I saw a couple people be like, I can't believe she was that drunk. Like, why are we watching Vanderpump Rules? You're, you're in season nine of Vanderpump Rules, and now we're going to chastise Ariana for being too drunk. What? Why are we Why are we even watching it? <laughs> like, literally every time Jason Couchy was on television, he was like, there was literally like an eight ball just coursing through his veins at any given moment. But now we're getting up in arms about somebody being drunk on their birthday calm down anyway um so then ariana goes over to katie to talk about the issue that she has with sandoval and she asks like can we just tomorrow can we go to dinner all four of us and katie's like no she's like what about if us three you me and schwartz go to dinner and then sandoval sits at another table how about that and katie's like absolutely not Katie at one point asks if Sandoval can be uh, embalmed before tonight or before tomorrow. And Ariana promises to, um, you know, poke him with a little formaldehyde if that's what's going to get her to go. And she also offers to um, eat ass, if you will. Um, I'm a little confused. She's Ariana's a socialist. I know that. (laughs) So she offered four licks four licks and she was going to evenly distribute them between Schwartz and Katie two each, if you want it. And and we'll just make this happen. Um, I don't think they took her up on that, but Schwartz was very clear to expose his butt, to tell Ariana to clarify to her that his butt, it really isn't as hairy as she thinks it is. So uh, anyway, um, Lala then goes to Randall's office to interview for assistance. And she says, You know, it might seem like I'm just spending my days going through Randall's credit cards. And it's like, we don't think that girl because we know it can max out pretty easily. But anyway, they interview people and they find this woman who is, in my opinion, incredibly overqualified to be um, watching Lala's Breast Pumps because she was like a digital producer for American Idol. And I don't watch that show, but I definitely know that's like a way more prestigious job than... Working for give them Lala beauty sorry I mean she's acting like this is like Kylie cosmetics it is not do people use it do people like it I I guess I mean it's still in production so somebody must be buying it but like you know you know do you guys should we take a pause and and, um, just get through um, what Lala has been saying about her ex husband or ex fiance now let's just do it um so she <laughs> this really cracked me up. <laughs> so I'm reading this from page six. Apparently on her podcast, she said that she came to find out that her engagement ring that Randall gave her was fake and that had originally it originally had a quote shit brown diamond. So she's crying apparently and she says that she's been finding out new information day after day about uh, Randall and his secrets and how she's like just dealing with that because she felt like so safe with him. And now she's finding out that that actually was not true. So then she says that, so she got what she thought was a six carat round diamond ring. And she says after that, they that after they broke up, she took, the ring to a jeweler um, and found the uh, the GIA certification and on the certification she she said that it was described as a stone was treated by one or more processes to change the color so then she goes on to say that the new jeweler told her the diamond was most likely brown before the treatment and he would give her an estimation that the value of the ring was in the teens rather than um the one hundred fifty thousand dollar price tag that she thought it was worth now she goes on to say that she confronted the guy who said that and uh she that he admitted to lying and that randall knew exactly what he was getting and the kind of diamond he was getting now she goes on to say like i don't care if it was a hundred dollar ring or whatever it's just like about the fact that he didn't tell the truth but it's like uh, it just seems like a lot of work like why didn't you just get a diamond you know <laughs> like why even go through the process of changing it if at the end of the day it was just like even if it was like a 15000 or or $7,000 ring like why he could have gotten like a shitty diamond and saved himself a lot of trouble you know what I mean anyway Anyway, I guess she was on Melissa Gorgo's podcast and says that every day she has to find out something new that makes her feel like, Lala, you were so disposable the whole time. You meant nothing. You were possession, a shiny object and nothing more. And I have to be okay with that. And it's like, okay, well, as long as you know, like it sucks, I guess. <laughs> but it's also like the writing was on the wall, girl. Like you started your relationship with him already being married. Where did you think this was going to go? You're clearly an attractive woman. You're clearly a significantly younger woman than him. You know Hollywood. You claim to know everything. You claim to be the smartest bitch and the most street smart bitch. And I'm going to pop people and Tupac is my spirit animal or whatever the fuck. But yet, I mean, I understand that we can get caught up in what we think is love. And we think people are being honest and, and You know, you want to trust people. Certainly, you want to trust the person that you're having a child with. But it's also like, you know, (laughs) the writing's on the wall, girl. And if you didn't see it, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. Like, sorry. Sorry. Personally, I mean, personally, I would have never been been in a relationship with Randall to begin with. But secondly, like, you let, well, this man allowed himself to get played by 50 Cent. One of the biggest trolls years ago. And you should have probably bounced then. You know, the, the writing was on the wall. I don't know what to tell you. Anyway, I don't want to talk about Lala anymore. So then we see Tom Schwartz, who says that the situation between Katie and Sandoval has reached a breaking point and he's never going to choose Sandoval over Katie. So he and Tom need to figure something out. So he's about to head to Sandoval's place and Katie's like giving him a pep talk, basically feeding him lines as to what he's supposed to be saying to Sandoval. Tom's like kind of paying attention, kind of not. I don't know, but she's like, you know, I, his plan is to say that Katie's not going to be involved in the bar, but Katie recommends that he be a little bit more forceful and whatever. (laughs) Meanwhile, it, Sandoval and Ariana's place, they're having dinner and Ariana's talking to him and giving him advice rather than, or, you know, talking to him like a partner and an equal rather than telling him what to do and making demands of what he says, because he's not the one who spiraled himself into making his wife or partner feel like they're less than. Anyway, so she's saying, hey, I'm friends with Katie. I would like to maintain my relationship with her. So... I'm hoping that you guys can work it out. And she just leaves it at that. Interesting. Um Then Tom really, <laughs> really gets wild. And he starts talking about cyst, cyst, C-Y-S-T, male rights, and how katie as a woman can yell and scream and a gay man can yell and scream but as a cis straight man he cannot and he has to shut his mouth he's not allowed to raise his voice ariana's looking at him like i'm looking at him which is like bitch what the fuck and she's like you're sounding a little hashtag men's rights right now and it's gross i it's really grossing me out (laughs) i'm with you girl so then there was some weird montage of Schwartz riding his bike to Tom's house and there's this montage and these voiceovers echoing about Katie, um, you know, saying, tell him who's fucking number one over and over again. So he gets over to Sandoval's and Schwartz tells Tom that ever since the blow up he's, you know, like it's, it's, he's like, he's in a haze and it's been rough in his household sandoval says that it's been rough for him too and that he's felt very depressed about the whole situation and then schwartz tells sandoval that the bottom line is that he needs to respect katie and sandoval's like you know at this point i just feel like i need to keep my distance from her because i feel like anything i say or do in her presence gets twisted and then schwartz says that overall there just needs to be a high, higher level of respect and that katie will extend the same gratitude to him doubt that but okay Sandoval says that he feels like at this point they maybe need to shift to business only and they can still be friends, but the personal hangouts that they do need to be kept to a bare minimum. So he agrees, kind of. And then Schwartz says in a confessional, you know, it sucks to be in a business only relationship with Sandoval, but I think that's what needs to be done. Then Schwartz very quickly is like, okay, so we should be like 95 business, 95% business, 5% fun, or maybe 90% business and 10% fun, or maybe like 84%. And then Sandoval's like, okay, we don't have to do this. Like, let's just, come on, <laughs> let's just cheers to this and, and keep it pushing. That was the end of this episode. I, you know, there were, um, over the summer... I think some rumors or maybe some shade thrown through Instagram around this time of between the toms of like talking about friendships and shady people. And I could go back, but nah, I'll spare you. <laughs> you can fight it if you want. Um, yeah, okay, let's move on to Orange County. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once, it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hi, how are you? Not, not, not great. (laughs) What's happening? Somebody came to serve papers, divorce papers. What? Puerto Rico. Wait, what? And it's all in Spanish. Fortunately, our nanny was able to translate. Where is he? I, I don't know. Did he take clothes? His wardrobe's here, his stuff is here, his cars are here, his life is here. He shot off the credit cards. Oh my gosh. I'm lost. I'm completely lost. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to think. It's a bad dream. It's just a really, really bad dream. I'm trying to get, you know, speak to my attorneys and just see what happens next? He made an error and he needs to repair it, but I I never thought that this would be the end of our marriage, you know? I never thought that that would mean that I'm a single mom with our son. (gasps) I just want my husband back. I want him to come and tell me what the hell's going on. I just, so there's no way that you can reach out saying, we're going to figure this out together. We're going to get through it together. Don't break up our family like this. Like, it's all just, I need a breath. Like, my son was just diagnosed in May. My mom was hospitalized in June. Oh, I'm just, my heart is breaking for you. I can't, I, I can't tell you how horrible i feel for you i'm so sorry i don't understand what's going on right now. wait he lives in puerto rico all right you guys let's get into another episode a great episode of orange county i Where are we? You know, where am I that I can be able to say this? I don't know, but here we are. So the episode starts off with Shannon. She's going to her esthetician to get her cheeks dissolved because apparently before last season's reunion, she got blasted to all hell to the point where she looked like Popeye, basically. Like like her left or her right cheek was so plump that it was almost... (laughs) messing up her eye line or her like sight her line of vision. What are we doing? <laughs> what are any of us doing? Anyway, she invites Noella for support because she's the only person that she's talking to right now. Let's be real. And Noella starts she to share her uh fertility journey and how she's had she had a miscarriage on her own and then they decided to get a surrogate. They had their son, James Jr. And then they were going to have twins with another surrogate. And then the surrogate ended up miscarrying. So it's been quite a journey. And her son was recently diagnosed with autism and she's like taking it as a blessing and says, you know, i didn't think that I would ever be in this position, but I'm working on, you know, educating myself and, you know, it's not the club that I wanted to be in, but I'm happy to be here. And she just seems to really love her son then she gets a text and she tells Shannon something's going on so apparently she and sweet James have a home in Puerto Rico and it's become sort of a nuisance for her because unbeknownst to her sweet James has been in some um troubles if you will with the irs and first she thought there was one tax lien for four million dollars and then a few days later she finds out there's an additional tax lien it's almost six out six million dollars at this point and she tells shannon that she and sweet james are having a difficult time with trust right now in a confessional shannon says that she can understand where noelle is coming from And she talks about how one day when she and David were married, they decided to have a day of honesty and that she or a day of truth. She asked him a lot of questions. She didn't like all the answers, but she's hoping that Noella and Sweet James can figure something out. So Shannon then talks to Noella about, excuse me, her disappointment with the fight with Heather and how she says, you know, Heather and I were so close a few years back. Is that true? Am I forgetting something? Mm, okay. Anyway, Noella tells Shannon that she talked to Nicole and that she feels like the situation between Shannon and Nicole is something that could easily be fixed with a lunch. And then she very cleverly inserts herself by being like, you know, if you need me to join you in the lunch, I'm happy to be there. Brilliant. She's brilliant. I think a lot of people aren't really loving Noella and I don't know if it's fair to say that I love her, but I like her for the show. That's a very different thing from actually liking a housewife, but I'm liking her energy for the show. We'll see. We'll see what happens. So then there was a scene where Dr. Jen has a FaceTime call with her husband. Honestly, like, do we need to start slut shaming people again? Like I knew we were in this like free the nipple phase. I would like to unfree it. You know, just, just for him specifically, I, I, what are, <sighs> <sighs> I don't care. I don't care about Dr. Jen's storyline. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Like I wrote notes for uh, other parts of it where she's talking to her mom about the death of her father, which is like uh, uh, very tragic because she lost him in like a, a bicycle accident. But like, I just don't care about Jen and I don't care about her storyline. I don't care about Mr. Pup. Like she's making me feel anger towards Mr. Puppers and he didn't do anything you know um I is it did we confirm because there were rumors I don't know if you guys heard this there were rumors there were screenshots and text messages going around in the past couple of weeks about Dr. Jen or from Dr. Jen and a text conversation she was having with somebody and they were almost so like Bombastic that they seemed fake, but they're basically Jen complaining about, I you know, uh, Trump. Not complaining about Trump. She was supporting Trump and how uh, she was like complaining about how Ryan was voting for Biden and uh, so just her love for 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 Air Trump. Um, I don't know if those were real. I don't care. I mean, listen with orange county we know what we're getting right political affiliation wise we all know what we're getting and i don't want to say that i don't care about what she said but i don't care about what she said not that like it's stupid and i don't agree with it i just don't care about jen so to me she's like a non-motherfucking factor right okay so let's talk about the rest of the episode that doesn't have to do with jen um travis and gina are our next scene and they're having a conversation, they're having a little charcuterie, and Gina's talking to him about how she's so fascinated by Noella because she feels like she's kind of unpredictable, and also she suspects that maybe Noella was trying to hit on her. And then there, we see a flashback to Heather's party where Noella is like looking at her fairly intensely and is like, Wow, you have such pretty eyes! Now, I don't know if she means, I don't know. I don't know if she was hitting on her. I mean, she, she's bisexual, but it's also unfair to assume that just because you're attracted to the same sex that you're just constantly hitting on people. I mean, like we're all past that. Right. And I don't think that's what Gina was trying to say because I did catch a little bit of a vibe. Um, but whatever, who, who cares? <laughs> Travis is like, um, is there anything that I need to know? Or are you like interested in this? And she's like, no, but like, if I were, she does have a jet. And Travis says, yeah, well, you know, go for it. <laughs> so I think I like Travis. I don't know. Their relationship seems very fun. Um, and then Gina, as they're talking, she's like, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be getting a surprise engagement or something like that. And Travis is like, is that what you think you're going to get? And Gina's like, no, I'm totally cool. Easy breezy, beautiful bad bitch. But then in a confessional, she says, no, I do. I do definitely want to get engaged i think that at my big age it's kind of embarrassing to say oh here's my boyfriend i have three kids i don't want to do that but i also feel like um what's his face travis (laughs) isn't in a a place to entertain getting married at this point um even if she is he has kids right was he like recently were they in the same place when they got together they were both recently divorced or like divorcing I don't care. Um, He seems nice, though. He seems nice. Um, So then Gina starts to talk about how frustrated she is with Shannon and how Shannon really likes to be controlling. And she feels like Shannon may have, in a way, been trying to keep Heather away from them. Um, And then she says she kind of feels bad for Shannon because Shannon has been there for her in the past, but she's upset with her. And she just feels like Shannon is so consumed with saving face and not looking like a bad person herself that she doesn't really give a shit who she just has to destroy in the process. Travis says, well, the bottom line is it kind of seems like Heather is more understanding of you. Even though she doesn't really know you that well than Shannon seems to be. Speaking of Heather, we see her over at Terry's office and there's a big like Sheena sized a picture of heather and the kids from 10 years ago and they start talking about how you know heather's like oh i don't know if i want to stand next to this picture of me 10 years ago and terry says that he has replaced his wrinkles with botox and heather says i think you look better now than you did 10 years ago and honestly she's a very supportive wife who deserves every 20 every inch of that twenty two thousand square feet press the closet champagne button you earned it baby with that statement alone Anyway, Heather tells Terry that she had a conversation with Nicole on the way to the office and we see a flashback and Nicole's saying, you know, she feels really bad about getting emotional and crying at their house. And Heather's like, you know, Nicole, I feel like you're as much of a victim of that night as me and Terry were. (laughs) So then Heather tells Terry, she doesn't know what Shannon is doing, but whatever she's doing, it wasn't really cool. And then she reveals that Shannon texted her. So the text from Shannon says, hello, Heather. I hope all is well. I feel badly about the way things ended between us the other night, and I would like to continue the conversation if you're up to it. So please let me know if you're free this week. Heart emoji. Heather writes back, Shannon, I'm surprised I'm just hearing from you now, but I don't care to adjudicate your behavior over the past few weeks via text, nor do I have time in my schedule to listen to more of your rhetoric. So Terry starts to voice his opinion and then Heather re- immediately cuts him off because the, the text has continued. And she says, um, the point isn't so much of what you said, since there's nothing to hide. It's that you would pass on information that could be twisted and could have hurt my husband, his career and thereby our family. And please spare me about your supposed intentions. It's your actions that matter and they're indefensible and in- inexcusable. So at this point, Terry's like, okay, can I talk now? No. Okay. Um. So then Heather continues and says, I sincerely hope you've reached out to Nicole to apologize for humiliating and spreading, all caps, private information from 20 years ago. That was none of your business. So Shannon writes back and says, Um, I'm sorry you feel that way my apology was genuine and then Heather points out she did not apologize initially so Heather then tells Terry that without a genuine apology she doesn't know how she can move forward with uh, Shannon and in a confessional Heather says that back in the day for whatever reason she rubbed Shannon the wrong way and this is the reality that I remember When Shannon was talking about how they were such great friends a few years ago, big question mark. But now Heather's talking about how she rubbed Shannon the wrong way. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's my reality. Um, the scene where (laughs) Heather, um, unknowingly takes Shannon's seat at Javier's years ago and Shannon like had a whole dust up about it. Yeah, that's, that's what I remember. Then Heather says that she feels like Shannon doesn't like to get her hands dirty. She's never wrong. She feels like nothing is ever her fault. She's never the problem. And yeah, I beg to differ. So Terry's finally able to ask a question now. And he's like, well, are you going to close the door on Shannon? And she shrugs. Next, Gina and Noella go for like a cryotherapy session. A real throwback in terms of the bravotivities. tivities. That didn't need to be resurrected. But anyway, while they're waiting, Gina says that she saw a headline about Noella and she was wondering if Noella wanted to talk about it. And Noella's like, oh, absolutely. Now, this article... I mean, obviously this season was filmed over the summer. Is Noella somebody who would have had an article about them in reality blurb at that point? I mean, just because she's on the show, I guess. But anyway... Um... So the headline was something along the lines of Noelle being shocked and disgusted over her husband's uh, debts and she says, my marriage has been a fight every day since. So Gina asks if Sweet James is in financial trouble and Noelle says, well, that's what I'm confused about because we have this property in Puerto Rico. We could easily sell it and collect, you know, fight all these debts. It would cover it, but he's really fighting me about this and now there's at this point, a complete breakdown in communication. Noella then starts to cry and says that sweet James is her best friend and that she wants to get through this together. But right now they're just not in a good space. then they go into the cryotherapy. I, I I don't like it. I'm, I'm like having a visceral reaction. You can hear, I don't like it. Noella gets a bunch of cold air up her pussy. And then she starts to tell Gina that after, or that the night before she had slept in the dungeon, like their sex dungeon. And Gina's like, okay. Uh, Noel's explaining the the layout of the dungeon and how they have a king size bed and all the, all the trimmings, right? And there's mirrors on the ceiling. And Gina's like, okay, well, I kind of thought it might be more of like a bars on the wall situation. And Noel's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we have that. A couple of those. We have some floggers. And Gina's looking at her like, uh, all right. Okay. I'm taking all this in. but this is not what I'm used to and truthfully I hope that Gina and Noella are able to have a friendship because I want Gina to have a friend that's I don't know how old Noella is but there's a youth to her that doesn't uh come out of you know Emily and her hip and you know crazy Aunt Shannon so I just want some like fresh energy and I I think I'm predicting and hoping for a friendship between Noella and and Gina, um, I just I don't want it just feels like everybody's always taking Gina under their wing. And I don't think she needs that anymore. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Maron from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues There was a short clip of Shannon going to have a conversation with Nicole Nicole and Noella. She gets a call from Gina and they plan to talk about what happened at some point in a later date. So they agreed to that. And then we see a scene with Emily and Shane. They're having a barbecue for their family. Shane's on the grill cooking up what appears to be like uh, several ears of corn, of dry corn, really. I didn't see, not a glint of butter on a kernel, nothing, not a pepper, not, not a salt, nothing. Welcome to orange County. Um, anyway, there, she's talking the same storyline that she talked about last episode about how she wasn't raised in religion. Like why are we, we can't recycle storylines from a week ago, you know, (laughs) there's no progress that's happening. So we don't need to revisit it. But anyway, um, Shane's Mormon. We all know this. Diet Coke, those big ass teeth, his hair, whatever. Their daughter's converting. Um, Emily feels some sort of shame for not being religious. Okay. Um, the only interesting thing was that Annabelle at the end of it is like, Well, what if I get baptized in 10 years? I don't want to be baptized anymore. And Shane says, We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. And then I have to imagine that as soon as. The camera shut down for that scene. One producer went to Annabelle's ear and said, "Hey, girl, um, you know, say say the word, and we'll get you on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City when you're 18. We got the contract already written up, sis. Don't worry about it." (laughs) Anyway, Nicole and Noella meet up for lunch with Shannon. Nicole and Noella get there first and they start talking about their relationships, like their romantic relationships. And cause you know, at this point the whole cast knows that shit's going down between Noella and sweet James. And Nicole tries to relate to her by being like, you know, I, I feel you, you guys are having issues. I'm, you know, in the middle of a divorce right now. And Noella's like, okay, but divorce is not on the table for us right now. It's like, oh, <laughs> check back in a couple hours girl um so Shannon comes she arrives and she's like clearly in a funky mood she doesn't explain why I, did it have to do with Gina I don't know but um she starts by saying that Heather kept mentioning you know she started talking to Nicole explaining her side of the story and I was like okay from my perspective Heather was talking about a woman named Nicole and I was just so confused about that person being you because I just thought it was weird that you guys would be friends. Nicole Nicole says that she doesn't feel like it's appropriate to discuss somebody's medical history and that the issue back then with Terry was over before it even started. So she doesn't know why it's coming up today. And she's like, if I'm not mad about it and Terry's not mad about it, what are we doing here? Shannon says you know i stupidly told people that i thought i could trust and i made them promise not to tell me but i do take full responsibility even though i just didn't because i shouldn't have trusted them which is not taking full responsibility we're gonna pretend like it is um and i just shouldn't have told anybody which is what i should have said and just left it at that and not talked about how i trusted people that i shouldn't but anyway i do take full responsibility even though technically i'm not so nicole says that she forgives her they make up you know these are the, the sort of um, Orange County makeups, like a mafia boss. It's like, you know, y- you've both got the guns behind your back, but you're shaking your hands. And, uh, so whatever. And I'm looking forward to that. Um, so then she tells the girls that Heather has no interest in talking to her. And in a confessional, Shannon says, I'm owning my part. Nicole, are you owning your part? Maybe you should should have communicated to your friend of six years the issue with your husband. You know, and Gina, are you owning your part that you destroyed a dinner party? Are you? Shannon, you are not mad that she busted up that dinner party, okay? You, you're not mad about that. You're mad that she betrayed you, and just say it. Just say it. <laughs> justice justice for Nobu, which is, she's real. I want to know if, like, did the production get those that food afterwards? I hope so. Anyway. And then, I. Uh, Things really start to get spicy when Noella FaceTimes Shannon to tell her that she just got served divorce papers straight from Puerto Rico, all in Spanish. She had to get her housekeeper to translate it, courtesy of Sweet James. So Shannon's like, "What? Did he take anything? Or his clothes still there?" She's like, "Everything is still there. The clothes, the cars, his whole life are still in this house." And also, also. He cut off the credit cards and I don't know where he is. And so Noella says in a confessional that she's totally lost. She doesn't know what to do, how to think. And then she tells Shannon that she's going to talk to her lawyers and see what to do. But she never thought that she would be in this position of being a single mom. And then she starts to cry and says that she just wants her husband back and to know what's going on. Shannon starts to tear up herself and says, I'm just so sorry. I, I can't believe it. I empathize with you. And then the scene ends with her being like, wait, does he live in Puerto Rico? <laughs> <laughs> These are great questions. Is that possible? That you could get divorce papers that you could... F- well, it's, it's America. Duh. It's America. That's how you can do it. With that being said, can you file in a different area like i guess if you were to like if you live in california it seems like you should have to file in the state that you reside in right it seems like that way because then it's not like they're gonna go by puerto rican laws in terms of like the divorce settlement if he filed it i don't know Y'all let me know but like yeah let me know <laughs> or maybe i'll look it up anyway then next we have Gina and Shannon meeting up and Gina's like rocked. She's shook because she also got a FaceTime from Noella who was very upset. And Gina's at this point like, girl, I know we have stuff to talk about, but like, I just kind of feel like there are bigger things going on in our world. And you know, I, I just don't know, like maybe we should invite Noella over for drinks before we get into our stuff. So Shannon calls to invite Noella. She says, they'll be there. And she she says, you know, the situation with her really puts things in perspective. And she tells Shannon that she doesn't want to fight with her. Shannon says, it just still doesn't make sense to me that Nicole would be friends with somebody, you know, like Heather and, and Gina's like, yeah, it doesn't make sense to me either. But then Shannon says, I just want to believe in our friendship and that we have each other's back. And Gina says, I didn't do anything to hurt anybody and Shannon says well no but you did so then Gina starts to like get kind of emotional and it's like you know when I was going through my divorce and we went to that party and I found out that everybody knew except for me after the fact and you know that really triggered me and Shannon's like well my husband cheated on me and everybody knew (laughs) and I was hurt and Gina's like okay but it was it's not about you right now and it just seems like you want to be focused about how right you are and I don't care if you're right you don't need to be right in this situation so Shannon says I've gone out of my way to be kind to you and Gina says you shouldn't have to go out of your way to be kind to somebody (laughs) like I don't do that I'm just kind to them and if you feel like I'm that much of a burden to you then you need to reevaluate that and also by the way I heard you told Heather that she should not trust us so why are you giving us private information if you don't trust me and Emily so Shannon says that she made a mistake and she feels like an asshole for doing it and Gina says listen I can only work with what we have now at the end of the day, I do really care about you. And then they start talking about how a few months back they had gone to New York and had really bonded. And they thought that this was like a cementing moment and that they were in a, like a a good place and they want to get back to that. You know, she's like, Gina says, I feel like you're trying to pull me back into when we had a bad, we were in a bad way. And I just don't want to go there with you. So Shannon tells Gina that, She is in a happy and positive place in her life. And the last thing she wants to do is fight and cause drama and be negative. Okay, well, we'll see how that goes. And in a confessional, Gina says, I really just want to move on, but I'm going to keep one eye open on the situation. And honestly, I wish I had three eyes so that I could keep two eyes open. I wish I had eyes on the back of my head, you know, (laughs) so as still making up Noella shows up. And she sits down and is like, ooh, I really want a dirty martini. Do you guys offer like an IV bag option for that? No, but I like it. See, I like this energy. I do. You guys, like if you don't like her, <laughs> why am I getting mad? Because <laughs> I keep hearing that people don't like Noella and I just, I would, I'm, a listening ear so drop a comment when i announce this on instagram at everyone's business but mine and just you know if you have an argument against noella please let me know i'm I'm willing to listen i am anyway so noella is clearly very upset about sweet james cutting off her credit cards she says in a confessional she's like erica jane i don't have a savings account I, I can't open a line of credit. This was, like, my only access. Sweet James <laughs> um, took control over our finances and our assets. So, I don't know. Like, we have a kid. Like, how cruel is that? That's really fucked up. That's really Like, she doesn't know where you are. Okay. Shitty. Fine. You're getting a divorce. Okay. <sighs> but you have a child. You have, like, a whole kid... And now your kid doesn't have any, re- like, they just gotta hope that now they gotta ration out all the, the snacks that's a, that's in the pantry, because who knows when we're gonna go back to Whole Foods again? That's real, that's like really cruel. Really cruel. Men. Mm, cyst men. <laughs> anyway, he is a cyst man. <laughs> anyway, um... So she says at this point, she has more questions than answers. And that's not a safe place for her to be in. Noella then says, I just don't get it. I I was thought that we had this very easy solution. We have this house. We had somebody, a great buyer for the house. This could have been a very simple way to get rid of that debt. And it sounds like maybe she was financially involved in that property as well. I'm curious about that. But anyway, Gina's trying to understand. She's like, is he Puerto Rican? Like, does he have an emotional connection to this place? What's the deal? And Noelle's like, no, he's from Utah. (laughs) So she's like, I just don't understand. We've only owned that house for seven months. So now, I mean, the elephant in the room clearly is you seem very heavily invested in puerto rico you don't want to sell this house you don't it's not like you have an emotional familial connection to it it's not like you have a an emotional it's not like it's you guys have had this place for years and it holds a lot of memories you don't have any personal thing to it um i don't even know how much time you're able to spend in puerto rico (laughs) with the pandemic and if you only had the house for seven months like who's who's living in that house that's the obvious question who's living in that house who's getting birkins in that um closet because i it's clearly not you noella is there a baby involved what what's happening because listen it's orange county and they didn't say it in any of the confessionals but the eyes said enough for me do we know do we know what's going on with sweet james maybe i'll just pause right now and if we can see if he had a, a whole baby okay so i found out some information some interesting information so one tidbit is that she found out a week before filming about these tax liens and it wasn't from her husband he did not he's not the one who told her also it says according to distractify that they only got married in june of 2020 <laughs> so apparently so sweet james filed in puerto rico in uh august no wait hold on okay the okay yeah so he okay so (laughs) sorry (laughs) he filed from puerto rico and then noella seems to have filed for a separation in august of 2021 And then she filed for divorce in November of 2021. In the November 2021 filing for the divorce, so just like a month ago, she cites reconciled differences as a primary reason. And she's requested legal and physical custody of James Jr. And that she wants to allow for visitation rights, but to be the sole guardian of James Jr. And she's also asking for spousal support. There's another article that claims that Noella thought about leaving the show after all this information came out, but they talked her into staying. I, you know, I don't think it took much convincing, but whatever. Um, hmm, well, that's the end of the episode. I have a lot to think about. Okay, you guys, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Thank me for speaking.